It's time to put on your sleuthing cap, seal nail-biting dread, and face heart-racing fear. This is Queer Writers of Crime, where you'll get book recommendations and hear interviews with LGBTQ authors of mystery, suspense, and thriller novels. Here's your host, Brad Shree. Hi there, Justine. Hi, how are you, Brad? I'm doing great, and I'm going to tell you something. Okay. Recently, I asked for listeners to contact me so we can just kind of wrap and, and get some feedback, see how what they're feeling. And I want to tell you something that came up almost with every single person. Okay. One, they like the interview and the book recommendation being split. Okay. Two, they like Philip and Lori. They think I made a good choice. Okay. And every single one said, I'm so grateful Justine has at least given us once a month. Well, that's good. That's good to know. Yes. You do have a fan club. Well, that's great. I'm glad I have a fan club. And, uh, you know, that's why I do it. I do it for the fans, Brad. I think you do it a little for yourself as well. Well, that's true. But I'm not doing it for you. Oh, maybe I am. Well, I I was explaining to uh, Philip and Lori, I said, you guys have it easy. Justine used to have to find a book to recommend every week. Yes. And you used to, like, I just read one. It won't work. I just read one. It wouldn't work. <laughs> and you were so grateful when you found one, usually at the last minute. Okay, I found one I can recommend. <laughs> so hours before I had to have the show published, we would record it and I'd hit the editing room. So <laughs> I'm sure that at least is a break. That is a break. At least I have a whole month now to, to come up with a book. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, you commented one day that I had the easy job, but we never discussed how hard it was for you. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all a little easy and it's all a little hard. It's always a lot of fun. Who are you going to recommend today? I have gone through the Lambda Literary nominees. Okay, good. You will note that, once again, Lambda has put all of the mysteries into one category of LGBTQ mysteries. And there are a number of people displeased with that um, and want them broken out. On the other hand, as Dharma Keller always says, there are only two openly trans authors writing mysteries, her and Robin Giggle, that, uh, what are you going to have, the categories with just the two of them? So, Right. I, I was time. actually, when they combined them, I, I was adamantly against it, and Marshall was on, and I told him his public letter about the incident. I agreed with him. It was a terrible decision. And then Dharma and I chat almost every day, and she made me see the light. There's actually three people. I don't know who the third is. And I know Robin, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know Dharma. Uh, I don't know who the third is. Oh. But she's always saying there's three. But still, like you said, okay, three people in a category. Might as well just flip a coin. Exactly. Exactly. I express my biggest concern, even though now I have been convinced it's a good decision, I still am not sure it's a good con- uh, decision because you now have this group of people that have double the number of books they have to go through. Right. And it was already super difficult for them to have to mm-hmm. read enough to pick one. I, I wouldn't yeah. want to be there in their shoes right now. Right. Yeah. But I expressed this before on the air. So. <laughs> and I think we're just kind of stuck with it at this point. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of uh, angry people at Lambda for many reasons. There have been some yes. threads going up. In fact, you sent me one, and I'd already read it. It wasn't pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, for various reasons, I'm still glad they're there. If they're having issues, I hope they fi- fix them because I do think they are something like it is needed. Right. I think they're probably uh, the the prime organization in the, the uh, LGBTQ fiction space. Yes. There's not going to be another organization really that can step into that role right away. No, not right away. So I have faith. We have faith or something else will happen. But <laughs> anyway, as we've gone through that long tangent, I have gone through the nominees in the mystery category this year. So we have actually done, or you've mostly done, three of the books on that list already. So... Lies with Man by Michael Nava is episode 78 of his show. Bathhouse by PJ Vernon is number episode 83 of this show. And The Savage Kind by John Copenhaver is 96, episode 96 of the show. So that whittles it down to two books for me to have to look at. Generally, if it's a NAM nominee, it's a very good book. And, you know, I always tend to tell people a little more because it may or may not tickle their fancy. It just because something's a good book doesn't mean, you, you know, you want to read it or you may not read it right now. There's nothing I love more than having my fancy tickled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Go on. <laughs> That's okay. This book was set in 1946, so I'm using old, old-fashioned language now. So it's called Murder Under Her Skin by Stephen Spotswood. And it is a 1946, it's set in 1946. It is a uh, Pentecost and Parker mystery. Lillian Pentecost is a uh, very sharp detective, owns her own private investigation firm. And her assistant and secretary junior investigator and the like, is Willow Jean Parker. And she goes by Will Parker. And Will Parker is a bisexual woman. But her only, her only dalliance in this book is a, with a man. So if you're just, you know, dead set against watching any heterosex in your book, well, then that's it. But, you know, queer, it really does include bisexual people who are in a hetero relationship at a time. I'm okay with that. But it may not be the level of queerness that people are particularly interested in. So, but it's, it made the list because uh, the individual is bisexual. I'm, I'm clarifying. They're bisexual, but they did not have same-sex relations in this book. In this particular book. Well, let me tell you about okay. two characters. These are two independent women in 1946. Lillian Pentecost is an older woman. She has multiple sclerosis. She also has a fake eye, which, you know, her glass eye sometimes wanders off. It seems to me that even though she's the one who solves the crime and does the detective work, she is more of a minor character because uh, Will Parker is where it fits. But Lillian Pentecost goes by the title Ms. They start out with a court scene where she's testifying in the last case they had done. And she insists on being called Ms. And I thought, 1946? They didn't use Ms. back in 1946. That was coined and Ms. Magazine came along. 
But, you know, I went back and I researched it, and apparently Miz has been in use since the 17th century. And it was just popularized popularized by Miz magazine, and, but there were women, very few, who used it in 1946. And Ms. Pentecost is one of those women and uh, takes umbrage if she's called anything different. You can get more information about episodes, plus scoops on book releases and promotions by LGBTQ crime authors each and every week. Simply head over to QueerWritersOfCrime.com and sign up for the newsletter. Brad made it easy and put the link right here in the show notes. Need a little nudge? Click it now and you'll also get a free ebook by one of a select group of outstanding authors. That makes not subscribing just plain silly. It's all yours at QueerWritersOfCrime.com. Well, Parker also has very little need for a man in her life. These are not women that define themselves by their relationships. Will, uh, Will Parker talks about her previous uh, dalliances with women, and she also has, she tried to seduce the victim in this uh, case, but was rebuffed. She didn't know if the woman was herself bisexual. Uh, if she just didn't, wasn't interested, the other one was, wasn't interested in women or just wasn't interested in Will. And the, the other time where it comes up is that, you know, she's, she has this dalliance with the sheriff's deputy and she talks about her previous lover and accidentally drops the pronoun she, worries about how he'll react and he just takes it in stride. And that's about all the mention of her bisexuality that there is. And I'm going to say, even though there's not uh, same sex going on, bisexuals are underrepresented in queer fiction and probably all fiction. So I, I am glad this is there. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's a very good representation of someone who is bisexual, who is equally attracted to both men and women. You can hear in her voice the uh, attraction to both. So I think it's a very good representation of that. Leaving all that aside, I got to tell you, this is an excellent book. It is very, very well written. The descriptions are wonderful. The language is glowing. They start out in a, with a court case, which comes across like a Perry Mason drama where Lillian Pentecost is the witness, but she makes the case as, you know, as well as any lawyer that you would see on TV, Perry Mason uh, included. It's probably back to the time before he was a lawyer when Perry Mason was an investigator. And she's very sharp and she catches all the details. She actually does figure out the murder at the end of the book. She puts the clues together. However, she doesn't let Will Parker know before Will Parker runs headlong into a situation with the actual murderer. As you as you know, most really exciting mysteries end up with the, the protagonist face-to-face with the villain. Case, the case that they're actually doing is a circus. Will Parker used to work in a circus, circus before she became the investigator. This is her old circus who calls asking for help. The tattooed lady has been killed, and they have arrested the, the knife thrower for the murder. There's no shortage of suspects among the circus people, and the circus just happened to be in the town where the tattooed lady grew up, and so now you've got all the townspeople who were 
also suspects. So it's a bit of a cozy, but you've got two separate populations involved in this. Along the way, there's fire bombings and heroin addicts with knives and all sorts of excitement. And Will Parker writes it down somewhat like John, uh, Dr. Watson wrote down the Sherlock Holmes mysteries. You've got it. You've got the whole thing from the assistant's point of view. And it's a great book. It's really a marvelous book. Well, if you say so, I'm certain it is. <laughs> you just take it my say so, huh? You, you didn't fall in that description of a circus in their hometown and a tattooed lady? I mean, come on. That's got to really, you know, that's pretty unique out there. It's not your ordinary, like, you know, wife kills husband and blames it on somebody else kind of mystery. It's really very intriguing. Lots and lots of suspects. And I'm not going to say I'm going to buy it because I say that way too much. I did explain, I'm not sure who, maybe to Lori, that I say it all the time. That's right. And most of the time I do buy them, but they sit in my Kindle because I have so damn many. Someday, there's there's someday. And I do want to make something out, say something I think is very important for people to know. Guests and publishers frequently send us, actually usually send us ARC copies, and we don't share them. So if Justine gets an ARC copy, she does not share it with me. I buy it and vice versa. If I have a guest that sends me a book and Justine likes it, she buys it. So we do respect that. And I think that people should know that. I will buy a a book based on somebody's recommendation or a lamb denomination. And I buy a lot of books that that I don't even care for. By the way, apparently there's a, there's a, scam where people are buying full ebooks, reading them all the way to the end and and then refunding them, you know, to returning them for a full refund, no questions asked. And and don't do that, people. Do not return your ebooks after you've bought it and read it. That's been a problem with Audible for quite some time. Right. You know, movie theaters say if you leave within the first fifteen minutes you get your money back. Really? Yeah, most have that policy. They don't announce it. I wish I had known that. Kindle should be the same. Once you reach a certain point, you pretty much know whether you're going to like the book or not. If you get to the end and you hate the end, that's too bad. Just deal with it. Especially when you think this is a free way to get books. I mean, that seems to be the what people are talking about who are, you know, promoting this scam. Never mind those of us trying to stop it. Yeah, and I don't know if there is a way to stop it. You know, it's kind of like pirating books. Yes. A lot of authors go get really upset when they see their book pirated on the internet. I see mine on n- numerous sites. Listeners, please don't do this and go to these sites. <laughs> but I see them on the, on the sites. It pisses me off, but it doesn't concern me. And the reason it doesn't concern me is I know those cheap bastards would never have bought my book to begin with. Exactly, yeah. So I don't think I'm losing a penny. Right. I do go to Google, and Google does take them off the search engine. Yeah. But that's as far as I go. That's yeah. as far as I go, because that's pretty easy. You fill out a form and send it in, mm-hmm. and it's usually done pretty quickly. Yes. But uh, it, it's a very, it's a shitty thing to do. Don't do it. But I don't worry about too much for that reason. Because I know our listeners, and they would never do that. No, I'm pretty sure they won't. And uh, But we started this by saying we actually buy our books that we read. Yes, that's that's what we were saying that I want people to know. Let me just run through some recruitale things because this is an exciting springtime murder mystery for recruitales. We brought back 
the fifth book in the Kaufman series by Love Raphael. And we've also brought back the fourth and final book in the Virginia Kelly series by Nikki Baker. And on May 24th, the first new novel from Grant Michaels that was found in an unpublished manuscript, edited and ready to go. And we brought it out on May 24th. So if you're missing your Grant Michaels and you wondered what happened to him at the end of the series, this is the last final book in the series. And I'm going to give a spoiler alert. I usually don't know who the people that recommend the books are going to recommend. But one, I know Philip is going to do the rec. Well, he's reading it, but I'm going to presume he's going to recommend. He told me he was going to recommend. He's finished and he said he was going to recommend it. Okay, so he's going to recommend it. But don't skip the episode. Hear what he has to say. <laughs> and Lev Raphael is coming back and we'll talk about him being published now by We Crude Tales. That's right. And I don't know what else, but Lev and I never run out of things to talk about. <laughs> well, you don't run out of things to talk about with most people. But our time is nigh. All right. Well, thank you. And I guess we will see you next month. See you then, Brad.